G'day everyone and welcome to another episode of On The Turnbuckle here on mypodcasthouse.com. Tony Shebecki with you, whatever you might be listening to us on. Welcome to the show, my co-hosts also, Welshie. Hello, Welshie. Very good, day, Tony. You know what they're not listening to us on? What? Stitcher. Stitcher. Is that closed? Is that finished? Gone. Your it, was good while, it was good while it lasted. Uh, Lyle, hello to you. Yeah, there you go. Well, you were the only one plugging it, so maybe maybe that was the problem. <laughs> you were one out against all these other platforms, Tony. So you're only one man. So and it sort of correlated around the same time that I stopped plugging it that the money was going into my bank account. So That's, yeah, Lyle sounds like he's talking to us through a tin can attached to a piece of string. You are talking a little bit uh, weirdly, Lyle. Uh, I've got a, I've got a little bit of nighttime hay fever at the minute. I no, I think it's you. I think it's you. Think your uh, microphone again. Oh, okay, again. Same thing happened last time. Yeah, different headset. I, I was aware of it. Maybe it's my old tablet. I don't know. Maybe it's because you're an asshole. Anyway, well, that's all right. We'll just move yeah, on. That's, that's fair. Uh, big show coming up tonight, guys. We've got plenty to talk about. We'll do that a little bit later on, and also we're going to catch up with. Uh, and old mate, before we do though, uh, our old show, which was what about three or four weeks ago, was before Renegades. Yes, yes, and of course we had our uh, tag team partnership come on and talk to us. Oh, we did. Um, we had PPK. That's him, Frankie and Nikki. That's him. Yeah, it, it, it does feel like a long time ago. It's probably only a couple of weeks, but no, that was uh, very enjoyable. I have had a remember what happened then. yesterday, let alone what happened three weeks ago. Yeah, that's fair. No, that was a very good interview. They were a lot of fun. Yeah, and exactly. They had a successful weekend. Yeah. Well, they lost. Professionally hmm. successful weekend. Now, I'm meant to introduce Walsh into the studio with our special guest, Bros. I presume he's not coming. This is just an old run sheet that you sent me, Lyle. I feel like yeah, uh, Lyle may have uh, shit the bed when it comes to doing the run sheet. Are we still sponsored by the Australian Wrestling Network? Of course we are. If it's on the run sheet, of course we are. Oh, God, I hate to think of what else is on that run sheet. I haven't uh, read it. <laughs> well, it actually, does say Frankie and Nicky. That's what I was a bit concerned. Uh, and also, we should get to our guest because he's waiting patiently in the wings. He's a great mate of the program. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, please welcome back to the ring and to on the turnbuckle, JXT. Hello, JXT. Boys, thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here on the turnbuckle once again. Love it. Love your work. We believe you're probably our most celebrated guest. I think we've had you on more than anyone else. Maybe Lockie uh, Hendricks is a close second. Uh, yeah, Lockie, um, I reckon uh, Stormy's up there too. Yeah, Stormy would be, oh, up yeah, there. Stormy would be yeah. We, we've got company, our favourites, that's for sure. Great Lovely. That means I'm doing a good thing. It's always something I always like, I guess, pride myself on. You, you want to do as many interviews, as many podcasts. Like We're all trying to grow. Like shows like yours really help, you know, like the fans that are connected, you want to keep them connected and engaged and not just engaged in wrestling, but of course, engaged in me and everything that I'm a part of. So the more of this stuff I can do, the better. So I appreciate the opportunity to be one of the most, you know, re- returning guests. Before we get into everything and the, the comeback and the knee you know, recovery, big, big <sighs> weekend of shows. The Bulldogs not making the finals. Uh, I need to. Mate. I need to talk about Fuck Phil's pop. Supporter. Oh, what, what? What about Phil's pop on uh, Saturday night? How, how <laughs> it's big was funny. That? Um, 
we're backstage and Janela comes back and Joey goes, he goes, he goes, fuck, big rig's over. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah, he is. Yeah, he bloody is. Uh, that was, was a huge pop. I, I, I wasn't there yet, but I've seen it on tape and it's fucking it blew my speakers out. It was that big a pop that he expanded. So on on TV, his pop was so loud it blew my speakers. Well, that's a great thing. I haven't watched the show back yet, but just sitting backstage, I heard it, and I'm like, and then the fact that Joey was like out, like blown away. I'm like, that's a good thing. With you know, he's doing he's doing great, and I'm happy for him. You know, he's enjoying the character a lot more this time around. Yeah, I think for sure. I think as wrestling goes on, we sort of find our niche and find what works for us and what we do best. And I think the first time around, Funtime Phil was sort of its own, like it was set, like this is the character. And now I think he's blended more of himself and more of what he does with Fox. And it's all its all sort of come together as one full package now. And yeah, not only has he gotten better, he enjoys it as much and it's bloody working for him. We call him Big Terry, send for Terry, because he's always going to guarantee us that big pop that we need. <laughs> big rig must pose. Exactly. That's why he's wearing the red and yellow. <laughs> yeah, no, no, that was noticeable. But it was long drawn uh, pops. Like, it, you know, he was teasing the chips. Like, he just, the crowd just kept coming back and back for more. It was really good to see. Yeah, I think that's the beauty of like wrestling's wrestling, but like working an audience is like, we're workers. We're not wrestlers, we're workers. And just working that audience to get the most out of them and for them to have the most enjoyable time. Like, I don't think there's ever a fun time film match where everyone goes, oh, I didn't enjoy that. You know, it's for everybody and everyone gets around it, which is the best thing. There's a lot of shine in that match too. I thought young Levi Nixon, uh, Nixon did a really good job. I haven't seen a lot of him and he he really owned his parts of the match and um, and the ambush are fantastic. So it was a really good match. There, um, it's So the first time I got to, to like really branch out into the bigger promotions in America, a lot of the times I was doing those scramble matches my um my GCW debut was in one of those GCW clusterfucks. There was I think I had seven wrestlers in that one, and they told us like go go out there, get yourself over, show out, do your best stuff, and give them a dose of what you are. And I think everyone's sort of getting the memo, and you know that's a big opportunity still on a big stage. And I think a lot of the young guys took that and they showed themselves really well. That was when you stayed in the safest place in America, the safest yeah, city, yeah, statistically. Yeah, I was in Elizabeth, New Jersey, with a one or one out of ten chance of getting shot or stabbed every day. Yeah. And, and mate, it sounds yeah. like you're a big target shows. too. Yeah, an Aussie with dreads and fake tan walking around those streets. Yeah, good luck. It sounds like it was one of those shows where the crowd just didn't come down; they were up all night and uh, and just went with everything. Yeah, it was such a put together, well put together card, and I think often when we have shows that do have a lot of big name talents come to Australia, it becomes a, hey, we're just hit, here to see the people we like and see what, like, I guess see the big names that we don't often get to see and see them do their best hits, their greatest hits, and that's it. But this was a really engaged show and it wasn't like that, which I'm glad. It wasn't just come see the big names. It was come and see Renegades and GCW together as a collective, put on a good show together. And I think our Renegades Australian talent did such a good job of, matching that and being just as good and just as engaging. And yeah, I think it showed because the crowd wasn't just sitting on their hands being, yay, the wrestler from overseas is here. It was like, wow, this is, these are our people engaged in such a big show with big people. Yeah. Well, I, I saw people throw things. I, I saw people throw things in disgust when Aisha won. They were that upset. 
<laughs> and how good is that? You know, the passion and emotion in wrestling is what we want. Yeah. Well, what what do Renegades do well, um, and what they especially did really well on this tour, um, was they presented didn't present the Australians as less than, which often happens when you got internationals. It was equal footing. If you're presented on an equal footing, you'll be accepted by the crowd as being on an equal footing. Big time, yeah. Um, it's something Mikey and Fresh, who run Renegades, and I, we talk about it so regularly about big name international talent coming to Australia. And although the fans get to see them and enjoy that and have that awesome experience, there's nothing after that. It's like, oh, who's next? Whereas the way the Renegades tour was booked was how can we integrate Renegades and the Australian wrestlers as exactly, we aren't less than, and I think we showed that we aren't less than, you know, we are equal to, we we might not be as big as stars, but we're on that climb and we can be as big as stars and, and we can bring the fight and we can perform on such a level on that stage. And I think that's what made that show and the whole tour so good is so many, it wasn't, yeah, the Australians being less than and an, and an international tour. It was a showcase of great wrestlers from Australia and internationally together as one. Definitely. And I, I could envisage any of the Australians on that show fitting seamlessly into a GCW show um, in 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 the US. For sure, yeah. And I think like I expect a few of them to actually get tapped on the shoulder to be honest. Yeah, and I'm glad cuz selfishly at the time I was like, "Oh, I'm one of the only Aussies that have wrestled for GCW." But it's awesome now that I'm not because it brings us all up around us. And I think even still like I spoke to Mikey, I was like, "We main evented that show with three Australians and the end was put like the Amer- the big name, one of arguably on the tour the biggest name." putting over one of our Australian talents. So next time you go to a Renegade show, I'm going to be there. You're going to see Cracker Jack and Gore. You're going to see almost everything you've seen. At, and we're still going to be just as big and just as entertaining. And I think that entices fans to be like, wow, what we have here is just as special. Yeah. Can you talk us through the the venue? Because the pavilion looked... Is that the, your second or third time wrestling there? Um, second time. So the House of Hardcore did a tour there that I wrestled for, yep. um, which was a huge show. And again, a lot of it... It was very, here's all the international talent, but they did the same yeah. thing, you know. I got to main event. I finished the show in the ring as a standalone guy, luckily, again, and we got to integrate us as the Australians. And, yeah, that's a, it is a big-time venue. I'm sure it's not cheap, but it is. It's a top Beautiful. range. You talk to anyone in Victoria. We know Melbourne Pavilions, where all the big boxing is, all the hex fights, are, like the big ones are there. It's a huge venue for entertainment and sports and combat sports in Australia. So the fact that we could play our craft there and look it looks so good and it comes off so well yeah like to me that's a special venue for us massive crowd as well it was not far from my house which i like about it yes that makes things easy too and i know (laughs) for me personally i don't know if it's the biggest show in victoria since covid but i know for me personally it was definitely it is no biggest biggest crowd in melbourne in melbourne since covid and that, that i think that just shows that we're on the up again we're we're getting we're not only getting the crowd numbers back but I've done shows with bigger crowds where the crowd wasn't as engaged, I guess. Yeah, it was a hot crowd. Yeah, I think that's what made this special is, sure, there was a lot of people, and yeah, it's it's an achievement being the biggest show since COVID because I think entertainment and sports across the board have struggled to get those numbers back up to what they were. But yeah, it felt like a bigger and better show than what we did prior. So if we're on the up, then that's a huge thing. It's awesome because you've got Renegades t- taking a swing and taking a chance and being successful with it, getting a huge crowd. 
You've got PCW selling out regularly. You've got MCW selling out regularly. I feel like wrestling's definitely on the way back. Yeah, and I think what was great, I know for a lot of our students at the Relentless School of Pro Wrestling, they we've seen a lot of cool shows and stuff like that, but yet none of them had seen a show with that that many people with that big a crowd, and it felt like big time. Like this was a big like in GCW is the biggest independent promotion in the world. And we're here in Melbourne in a great venue doing a massive show, a whole tour across multiple states. Like they like, I think that's what was best about their experience. Like, Hey, this is where it can get to. This is how big it can get. And I think it felt like the big time, you know, I um, tweeted it out, but um, I was with a group of people at the show who had either not been to many wrestling shows or never been to a wrestling show and possibly didn't know Australian wrestling existed. And the beauty of shows like this is those people came together, went to the show and absolutely loved every second of it. And they'll be back. And exactly. And that's the key. Like you can just put on a show, but the goal is well, where to from there, which again is why you need to integrate the Australians as level than or just as big as stars because you need the people to be invested in what's here so we can keep coming back. Because yeah, a lot of people might say wrestling's not my thing, but I'm 90% of the time you bring them, they're going to say, hey, I love that. I'd go again. And if we can do that and make the show so good, they're like, I'll come back for more, then that's a win for all of us. The boys have just spoken about everything else other than you, and I know that's... We're going to get there. Are you sure? (laughs) I don't want him to... I don't want him to drop out or anything. We never get him back. (laughs) First of all, all, mate, uh, after such a, uh, a tough main event, how did you pull up? Um, surprisingly really well um, yeah I think my concerns were like will my knee get through am I going to get sore am I going to hurt it but no I, I went to my physio tonight for my like follow up because we said right, let's assess it after the first match and see how it goes and it's almost better than ever like there was no pain other than the average you know achings and stuff you know didn't give out I didn't think about it much when I was out there so my knee's good. Not only am I clear, but we got through that first match and it was a big one. Like I could have done a nice, easy four or five minute up, but we mm. got through it. And um, yeah, everything pulled up better than I could have expected. Your first match back and you're getting hit with weapons by Gore and Cracker Jack. What's yes. the thought process behind that, JXT? <laughs> like it's not something that I would decide to do. It Gore doesn't weird. hold back either. Yeah. Um, I think you can't come back and be less than. And you can't come back and uh, the same reason I was like, I have to come back in shape. I can't, you know, you can't come back out of shape, looking worse than you did, having worse gear and putting on a less than performance. You need to come back big and strong and as scary as that is. And it's of course more pressure on myself. And even the timings, like when I was told like, Hey, we're doing this GCW tour. Will you be good by then? If you notice, I wasn't on any of the promotion, the posters or the advertising materials because it was so last minute. I only got cleared, I think uh, 12 days before the show. And I had to say yes to it like two months out. So I had to put all this pressure on myself and chosenly like renegades, even, even the week before they're like, you know, fresh call me. He's like, is your knee okay? Like, are you comfortable to do the main event? I don't want you to put too much pressure on yourself or think you can't get through it or you can't deliver to the level you want to. So of course that all comes into it. But like, you know, we don't get these opportunities often, so I'm not going to say no. And I gave myself that challenge and um, in a weird way, it's easier to get hit in the head with a weapon than it is to do a drop down leapfrog springboard with my knee. So I was like, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, being in the ring with people 
that you actually trust as well is a big is a big thing you're um it's no secret that you and janella are, are good friends and cracker jack has been around for years and is a safe worker and and gore's now quite an experienced worker in melbourne so being in the ring with people you trust for that first match must be a huge thing yeah for sure like i couldn't just i guess personally for my own mental game i couldn't just come back to any match with anyone i didn't know and that's one thing like my physio was big on he goes you're cleared but it's mentally you need to you do not come back until you feel ready and you feel confident and you know that you're not out there worried because if you go out there worried about it or thinking about it like it's a mental game and you will it'll be on your mind and you'll stuff up or something will happen so yeah all those factors played in having people i trusted having you know the type of match and how we put it together and yeah i just having that safe working environment i guess is a good way to put it and you know safe co-workers that you trust very important when you're not Oh, not that I'm not at a hundred percent, but then, yeah, when you are, you you're know, sure. you've got all this, yeah, you're not sure. And you've got all this pressure for sure. I took, uh, what about the, the after show? Did you take uh, Joey, Joey out on the town? What, did you head down to Melton, take him to Pure? No, 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 no. I didn't take him to Melton. I mean, Pure's closed down, Sam. <laughs> so, which is not a bad thing. Cause sometimes when the pubs close, it's like, Oh, what do we do now? You're forced to go home or to someone's house. You can't end up there. Luckily. <laughs> Um, yeah. Now nah, I took him out in the city because Melbourne Pavilion is obviously a bit north of the city, whereas in other times we've gone out a little bit south. So it was good. We went to a few different bars. It wasn't too late for us. It was only a five o'clock finish. So for us, that was pretty good. I was He's, tempted to message you and say, what are you doing after the show? I'm so glad I didn't. You could have. You definitely could have. Um, yeah, we had a fair crew that ended up, obviously, there was like three or four of us. But no, nah, it was great. We... um. He's, I think he had to leave for the airport at 6.30, so we finished up with just enough time for him to get a rest. <laughs> Sleep on the plane. That's how he does it. That's how he does it. Now, have you got any advice for Cracker Jack when it comes to using this bed of nails? It never seems to work out for him. Yeah, it seems. Yeah, You know, like when you build something yourself and then it's like it, be, it becomes like, uh, like, I guess, like married to you, like... um. Uh, what is it like? Uh, not psychology. What's it called? Like, um, me- like not metaphoric. What's it like spiritually? It's like connected to you. Yeah, and it feels like that's the him. case with this. Because yeah, every time it comes out, he seems to end up eating it. But um, but hey, I'm just glad it wasn't my back on that better nails. Because <laughs> yeah, that's that thing's sharp. Let me tell you, it doesn't look fun. No way. Um, talk a little bit about the comeback because um. I know everyone sees the end product and sees you in the ring looking great and with your new jacket and your new music and all that stuff. But we've spoken a fair bit throughout your um, period out of wrestling. Um, How much work goes into not just getting yourself ready to wrestle, but you working on um, your presentation and things like that throughout that period. Yeah. It's, it was really 24 seven, like, the rehab was strenuous and like I actually went and seen two different people for my knee at the same time because I was wanted to get two different opinions <laughs> and get the best rehab out of it, make sure I got back in as quick a time as possible. But yeah, and it's good like it's good and bad. I guess when you're wrestling all the time, you don't have time to stop and think about a new set of gear, new music, new video, how do I want to present myself? But it was like, all right, I've got about twelve months. Let's look at it like that. Okay. So I got time to draw out my gear, get it made, go like really refine it. So in that sense, it was good. 
But yeah, I knew I couldn't come back less than. So it needed to be new gear, new music, the video, and I needed to be in shape. So it was a combination of dieting and training, but also too, like the rehab was strenuous, you know, like I had to do something every day for my knee, like every day. And there was time, I think there was about a two and a half month period there when it got real tense that I didn't do any upper body or workouts that weren't leg rehab related because all, I just had to, I was like, all right, your, your muscles don't, aren't the priority here or even you're in your cardio or any of that. You've just got to do what's right to get your knee right. And it was hard. It was very hard. And I don't wish anyone have to go through it, but um, I guess that's what kept me going. You know, you know that there's an end goal and you know that at the end of the, of the tunnel, you know, that's what you're fighting for. If I wasn't wrestling, I don't know how, like if I didn't wrestle, I don't know how I'd get through an ACL rehab because I guess that really just, yeah, it kept the fire burning. And as it got hard at times, but I guess it comes down to how bad you want it. And I'm with the school, you hear people all the time, like, I want this so much. I want this more than life, but I've, I want that. And I've wanted that. And people tell me that and I see the work they put in. And I'm like, Oh, you don't even understand half of it. So I'm just glad I was able to do it for myself too. Cause it's easy for me to say that and say how bad I want it, but I was able to, I guess, prove it to myself in a way, which was the mental battle. And one of your kids, um, Santiago, it's not the same knee injury, but he's got a knee injury at the moment. Um, It must be important to you now that you can support him through that, given what you've gone through. Yeah, for sure. Even on, um, I think on Friday night, I'm like, dude, you're going to come to the show tomorrow. But he had a family thing on because I think that's important. Like everyone handles it differently. I know for me, the way I handled it was I wanted to do as many shows as possible still. Like I would do... You know, I did, since the time off, I did special guest refereeing. I did ring announcing. I did social media for shows. I agented backstage. I presented trophies. I did every non-wrestling role or non-physical role under the sun. One, because I didn't want people. You didn't see it? I said you commentated. As oh, well. commentated like, too. Yeah. I was going to, I thought you were being like, oh, I didn't notice because like. <laughs> oh, um, no, I noticed. Yeah. yeah, I was like, I just, one, you don't want to, people to forget who you are or forget about you. But two, yeah, I just had to keep my mind ticking and have, I guess, that fix of I'm still working as a worker. Like I'm still getting that creative aspect out. I'm still working a crowd. I'm still staying relevant. I'm still, I guess, keeping my brain ticking. So that really helped me. But yeah, with people like Santiago, it's what's good is when people do have injuries. And even if it was, even if you did the same injury as me, you can obviously help them, coach them through it and I guess be someone there like Tyson Baxter. I can't thank him enough. The second I found out, I called him. He's like, do this, do that. Go see this person, speak to this person. This is how you go about it. And he's a great guy, whole, Tyson. Yeah. And you know, and throughout the whole process, like he supported me. I was like, my knee feels like this, or it does that. Is that normal? He's like, yeah, that's normal. You sh- this is how it should feel like that's fine. I guess just being reassuring because there's people that have done the injury, but then there's if you wrestlers that have done the injury too. So there's, things that were wrestling specific that he, even after the match, he checked in. He's like, how'd you pull up? How was it? That's what good. You feel? You know, and he's been that for me. So hopefully I can do that for others. And yeah, people like Santiago, I think what's great is I'm like, I had a 12 to 15 month injury. If yours is only six weeks or six months, like, mate, trust me, that's nothing. You'll be fine. You know, it gives them hope too. Mate, I've got to ask you, I know Melton's a tough place. and I know you're talking to us from your house. Are you and your neighbours safe? There's a lot of noise coming out from the background there. It's a training, no. Tony. Yeah. It's people getting slammed. He's at the school. Oh, you're at the school. I'm up in the office at the Relentless School of Pro Wrestling. I had training tonight and I've 
ditched the last half an hour to talk to you guys and they're still i think they're just completing their training matches which is what the bell ringing and the bumping and screaming and selling is. Tony, yeah. tony's a professional mate he's done radio for years he was segueing you to plug the school <laughs> well done, Tony. Well, I up on it, mate. that's craft that's craft radio craft there we go <laughs> um, um jxt yeah mate we did a show together at for the comedy festival and um you were brutally attacked by that piece of shit, Rove McManus. Indeed um, I was. Do you have any words for Rove McManus if we should happen to be able to get this in front of him? Well, I know that Rove's scared. So Rove cheap shot me with a guitar and I have that guitar, broken as it is, sitting in my garage. I see it every day before I leave my house as a reminder that I've got a receipt waiting for Rove. So I know the reason he hasn't been around wrestling is because he's scared. He's worried where I'm going to be or where I'm going to show up or he knows I'm going to be there. But when Rove's finished being scared and he's got the pills to show up, Rove, just know that I've got a receipt coming for you, brother, because it ain't over between Rove McManus and JXT. Let me tell you that. Apologies, like, um, that uh, Lord Mark Williamson and I, like, we just didn't see it coming. We, we were blindsided by it as well. Uh, well. Otherwise, we definitely would have taken the bullet for you. Of course, and being a comedy show, you think it's all fair in love and comedy, and we're out there, you know, doing a trivia show, and I never expected to be blindsided like that, but I guess, hey, if that's how Rove wants to play, then two can play that game. Now, the, boys have got anyway. some, uh, the boys have got some very, very clever questions off the uh, internet for you, JXT. We actually think they might have been written by an AI because they're actually quite smart. No, they were our listener questions. You sure? Our listeners are very bright. Yeah. Well, they weren't all they weren't all smart. Like fun time Phil wants to know how big Batista's dick is. <laughs> I, I I might know some people that might be able to give us a fair indication. But, but I haven't <laughs> inquired. I've uh, I've got one from uh, Danders. Please. What what's the pettiest heat you have with someone? You don't have to mention any names, just there's the heat. The reason Love what's the pettiest it. reason. So um, I, I replied, and this is my answer. So it was in the time when I was a bit younger, and I was very – and I guess I felt that it was part of my JXC character, especially at the time, like going out and partying with my friends and, you know, always being out and stuff. So I was very public about that because I felt that add to the character JXC on socials and stuff. So I was very public about that. The sesh. Um, yeah, the sesh. That was the thing. I was like, let's go. I, I wrestle. I, I wrestle. I party, I, you know. Um, I'm a bit older now. I still do that, but just not as much. And um, <laughs> it takes someone, longer to recover. I didn't, and I just I didn't realize that people thought this of me at the time. But I guess in wrestling, sometimes us as wrestling people, we can often be, I guess, outcasts and be oddballs in social groups, and which is normal. In my group of friends, I'm the odd wrestling person, but at wrestling, I'm like the sports guy. But I don't sort of fit perfectly. <laughs> so you got a foot in each camp, yeah. Yeah. So. I just thought I was an outcast like everyone else, but I didn't realize that that meant they were, I guess, more outcast or jealous that I had friends. And there was someone's birthday party and we were backstage at a show and two people I was chatting with were talking about someone's birthday party. I'm like, oh, They're like, yeah, we're all going out for someone's birthday. Are you coming? I'm like, oh, I didn't even know. I'm like, yeah, I might come. When is it? And then this person turns around and goes, what are you coming for? You've already, you've already got friends. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm like, I have heat. For having friends. 
But wow. I guess like it showed you this these person's colours. They were, I guess, a very jealous person. And I was like, well, I, I get it. Like I would post it. I'm going out with my friends and stuff. But like I didn't think that would be something that would get me heat backstage. But then, yeah, not until then did I realise, you know, that certain people took that as a, well, screw him. He's got friends. We, we don't need to be nice to him. <laughs> he doesn't need wow. me. Yeah, petty, isn't it? Uh, well, oh. we're, we, we're safe from heat, Tony. We've got no friends. So. Yeah, no, we don't. <laughs> I've got two. It's you and Tony, but that um, might be enough to get you that heat. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I'll get heat, don't worry. Uh, one from Davis Storm. Lovely. Did, did any part of you consider quitting at any stage in your recovery process? And did you reevaluate the place wrestling holds in your life? Um, I guess it was the hard realization of you, there might be a time where you can't do this forever. Because to me, I'm like, I'm wrestling forever. And I think that was. When I met my missus, that was a big thing. Terry she's like, oh. Yeah, she's like, oh, you'll wrestle to you, you know, in a few more years. I'm like, no, 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 I'll be wrestling until I'm 65 or I can't wrestle anymore. And she's like, what do you mean? I'm like, this doesn't stop. You know, this is my lifestyle. This is who I am. It's not like it's part of me. It's who I am. But I know, especially when the recovery, when there was like, I guess, hurdles that weren't going as smoothly as I liked, there was times where I was like, um, if I do this again, like if I come back and do it again in a week or a month's time, I'm like, I don't think I can go through this again. You know, well, obviously you have to do some form of rehab to get your life back, but I'm like, I don't know if I could do it and run the school and be part of wrestling and still be ingrained in it just mentally. Mm. Um, that did cross my mind, but um, no, nah, I don't think there's a point in my life I can see it without wrestling. Like I need to get that fixed. And I guess what the, the realization was, was that, even if something happens and I can't physically wrestle ever again, there's still a place in wrestling where I can still come and enjoy it. And I think what's been good, a lot of other wrestlers have, I've seen them do sort of stuff like that. And um, I guess it probably drilled home more how much I value wrestling in my life, but it did also remind that, Hey, there's more to life than wrestling because it can be taken away or, or it can be not what it was very quickly. So I guess, yeah, there's that juggle, but I don't think I could ever quit. So when you're saying till you're 65, are we going to be seeing a J walking stick? Well, if I'm on a walking stick, I'm sure I could do a six man tag and I could do a six man tag, you know, take it in, come in, use the walking stick, you know. Fuji. Um, Yeah, exactly. Fuji. But like, look at like Fuji, Harley Race, like these guys managed well after their wrestling careers were done. There's no reason I couldn't do that, you know. They got some money though. They were getting more money. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely they were getting more money. But I guess, especially like I've invested too much time and money with the school and stuff and helping. So I guess, yeah, there's no there's no leaving for me. And if you ever turn out like Ric Flair, we'll let you know. Yeah, I'll, I'm sure there'll be a point. I'm, I, I understand Ric Flair not wanting to retire. I get that. You know, you want, you need that buzz and, I guess there's something about like, sure, doing promos and segments and spots on shows, you still get that, but you don't get the full thing, I guess. But um, no, nah, let me know, please, if I end up like oh, you, 100% how, you how, how many retirement matches do you think you would have? <laughs> I will. I can safely say I will have zero. There is no such <laughs> thing. <laughs> in retirement. I fucking hate it. You have people that are like 20. I seen someone fucking retire that was like 19. I'm like, and we had no injuries. I'm like, Shut the fuck up. You'll be back in a year's time. Minimum. <laughs> like, it's the dumbest thing. Like, if you have a serious injury where your doctors have told you you cannot under any circumstance do this, I completely understand that. 
But people are just like, oh, like they step away or they need a break. And hey, like some, there was probably times where I probably should have taken a break and stepped away. But it's local, like unless you're wrestling on, like you're signed to a company, you're just quitting local sport. You know, like Lyle's had six footy retirements. There's no such uh, thing. Yeah. No. Yeah. Right. No, like, I've had I've had my last one. But what happens mate, if they say, mate. "Hey, do you want to do you want to come and play Super Rules in a few years' time?" No, or something? That's they always... say that to us every year. Josh. Yeah, exactly, don't, exactly. We don't go if, for it. What if one day the reserves are a few numbers short, or just no, come and sit in the goal square for us? So I'll, I'll I'll tell you the last time I did my knee, my wife said I will book in to see the surgeon and everything. I said no, it's not getting repaired this time because I'll just come back yeah. in a year, and she'd be like, yep. "You'll be thirty-five then." I said that doesn't matter. I mean, did yes. as soon as I start feeling good, I said, so I'm not getting it repaired until it needs a replacement like Tony. And I can I can squat. I can do everything. I just can't really twist fast. So it's fine. Mark. It doesn't affect yeah, me. That's, I don't know if I get it fixed. Working. I'll try and get a training. So if you want to exactly. get it, if you want to get back involved in footy, coach an under 18s team. That'll quickly turn you around. Oh, I couldn't hey. think of anything worse. <laughs> hey, I, I coach. Um, I, I'm the assistant coach of the Melton Bloods Open Age Women's Team. <laughs> I've, There's uh, enough drama there, trust yeah. me. Uh, I've, <laughs> yeah. coached, I've coached adult men, and they're only adults by the age on their driver's license, some of them. Yeah, trust me. It's <laughs> like, yeah. it's uh, like why, why didn't I get more game time? It's like, do I need to list these things out? Because you should have put There's no such thing as retirement, like in local wrestling. So please, if anyone's listening, if you're thinking about stepping away, do it gracefully. Don't bother making a big song and dance about a retirement because it's not a real thing. Yeah, exactly. Oh. Mate, we better let you go because uh, you're probably going to lock up the joint. Yeah, I think they've just finished, but that's fine. I've got a key on. Yeah. But um, no, I appreciate you guys having me on. If anyone wants to be a pro wrestler, sign up at the right school of pro wrestling. And um, yeah, I appreciate you having me. Yeah, get some plugs in. What do you got coming up next? I know you got some new merch because you're always fresh. I've got you, tons merch of merch whenever I'm in a show. We have... um. It hasn't been announced publicly yet, but the next Mayhem Pro Showcase show that we're going to call Spring Showcase is going to be on October the Jesus October the sixth, I think, the Friday night. We have the Relentless Rumble on November fourth. Um, Wrestle Rock is December 9th, I think, the Friday. Renegades is November eleven. Renegades is November 11. So they're the things we have coming up for people that want to be engaged. I know me personally, it's not a bad thing because I come back from my knee, but in the next four months, I have three bucks parties, three weddings and, and an engagement. So I'm going to be quite yeah. busy like not being able to wrestle, which isn't a bad thing. So I can ease back into bookings and wrestling constantly. Beautiful stuff. And mate, you'd be proud to know too that uh, we had a a baseball jersey day at school a couple of months ago and I wore my JXT baseball jersey. Amazing. And how many people asked, like, what team is that? Everyone. So uh, see, hell, where's that, that branding? From? I said, it's Jake's test, my favorite Australian wrestler. Yeah. Shebex there is putting it out there. He's marketing the brand. I love it. <laughs> All right, buddy. Well done. Congratulations. Glad you got through it. We really are, because it means we get to talk to you about more wrestling down the track. And we look forward to doing that, mate. All the best. Awesome. Thanks, boys. I appreciate it. Jake's T joining us here on the Turnbuckle. Welcome to Intermission. Yeah, intermission. 
and welcome back. Second part of the program. Uh, great to hear Jake's team fantastic, uh, in a fantastic mood and just really pumped. The recovery's happened. He's back in the ring and uh, life's good. Yes, and um, some good answers to those insightful questions that we, I no doubt, assume we asked. Yeah, no. uh, that's it. Thanks for Twitter for uh, really coming through and carrying the uh, interview for us. They weren't AI questions off Twitter, were they? They Some of them were really good, so yeah. very could have been. Yeah. I don't know. I've asked AI some things about Australian wrestling, and it doesn't come up so good. So, <laughs> hey, uh, do you is uh, hate to start the program this way, and we have a couple of times this year already, but a couple of passings in the last uh, week or so, especially to uh, WWE uh, people, uh, Terry Funk passing away at the age of seventy nine, and then Bray Wyatt. That was just such a shock. That one uh, only passing away just a few days ago. Yeah, yeah, I mean, Terry Funk, obviously a legend of wrestling, not just WWE, but NWA and in Japan and ECW. And I'm pretty sure he was in um, WCW as well. He wrestled everywhere. Yeah. Um, legend of wrestling. Uh, one of my favorite parts of the Beyond the Mat documentary is walking around <laughs> with Terry, trying to have one of his many um retirement shows um obviously been ill health for a long time so it was expected but that doesn't make it easier on the family nah definitely like you said legend of the business you know he was in roadhouse tony he was know. in roadhouse what a he was movie in roadhouse you know and i remember as a kid i probably before i probably seen him in that not knowing that it was terry funk uh my mum loved uh patrick swayze so i can't remember how many times how many times well, i've seen roadhouse but a um, couple of sylvester stallone movies as well yeah. yeah 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 he uh he he took a break from wrestling he thought he was gonna get the and he he didn't embarrass himself he was hollywood terry cool. funk that's it he was no suburban commando but uh <laughs> yeah no santa with muscles but no one is to be fair no that's right that's right but uh yeah the, the middle-aged and crazy like he, it's like he pulled that off for thirty years because he he was, yeah he it was really good his promos and nuts and he always gave back like the ECW run, you know doing moonsaults at his age when you know doctors were basically telling him to stop wrestling because his knee, um was that shot but yeah and he always just moved with the times, you know. Uh, he, he was, they had they had a good uh, a good rivalry between Terry Funk uh, Terry Funk and Ric Flair didn't they? Oh, definitely. Yeah, the pile driver on the table, using the plastic bag over Ric Flair's head. Yeah, like, that might imagine... have been going a bit far yeah, well, at the time, to be honest. Like, if you did that now, you know, like the crowd would gasp and everything. But imagine doing that in 1989. That, that's a madman. I, um, I was listening to Bruce Pritchard um, doing his tribute to Funk. Um, I don't often listen to that podcast, but I was listening to it uh, today. And... Um, he went right into that, but my favorite story was that uh, the Chainsaw Charlie gimmick, he basically just stole it from Corporal Kirshner's Japan gimmick um, <laughs> as Leatherface. Yeah. When they said, do you want to come back? He goes, yes. But <laughs> as I want, he goes, I think we should book Chainsaw Charlie. And they're like, what? You want Kirshner? He's like, no, I'll do it. Like, <laughs> was, he, was he more remembered for ECW than he was WWE? Oh, I think it depends uh, on your age and what when you came into wrestling. Like I think and how you mine, came across him as well. 
Yeah. yeah. I think mine and Welsh's era, like that, so we probably beyond the mat and stuff like that, you know, because, you know, we're in Australia, we didn't get, you know, all the NWA stuff. WWF was more prevalent mm. here. But, you know, going back and watching stuff, like you talk, there's so many different stories out there. He's done like even his first WWE run, you know, nine early nineteen eighties. Eighty five. Yeah, and just telling Wrestling Hogan. Yeah, wrestling Hogan, you know, Saturday night's main event, crazy. But just leaving a note for Vince McMahon. Saying, oh, that wasn't oh, my yeah, horse is sick. No, that wasn't that wasn't his that wasn't his uh that wasn't that run. That was when they tried to bring him back. Remember when Jerry Lawler was wrestling with the the knights all in masks? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. They wanted Funk to be one of them. So he came <laughs> in for a meeting. And then in the morning, when he was meant to go do the show, he just left a note with the outfit saying, my horse is sick and might die. I've got to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's just the, the, the whole Kogan. That doesn't work for me, brother. Uh, my horse is sick, you know. But, you know, there's so many tributes out there. You know, Lance Storm did a, a one-man podcast, um, you know, showing his love for... Terry Funk. I know uh, over at Post Wrestling, John Pollock wrote a really good write-up of his career and stuff like that. And so. Mick Foley obviously did a full oh, podcast. They were yeah. very close friends, and basically Funk made Foley. So, um, yeah, there are lots of like he he was a very selfless worker, and I think that's like for a guy who was at the very tippy top and was that NWA champion for four hundred and something days, which is a huge run. Um, for a guy like that to be so giving on the back end of his career, um, I think that's a testament to who Terry Funk was and what he means to wrestling. Yeah, well said. Mm. Well, it's uh, sad news for Terry Funk, and even sad news, I think, also. I mean, Terry had a that's true. Well, I think sad news for Funk, I think Bray Wyatt is a fucking tragedy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 36 years old, four yeah. kids. It's. Forget the wrestling. So I don't know if we've had 100% confirmation, but from all the reports, it would seem that he had myocardiopathy or something, I think, a weakening of the heart muscle due to COVID. Yeah, and that's what I've like read. That's what, what has happened. And, uh, yeah, he, the, his heart just gave away, which is just shocking. It's um, yeah. This one's actually really hit. Like it's, they all hit you in different ways when your favourites pass away, but this one's hit me pretty badly because... If it wasn't for the Wyatt family when they came into WWE, I may not be watching wrestling because that's what got me back in. I was watching those promos when, and that debut when they came in and took out Kane and and the the promo where they had the children's choir with John Cena, like watching all that stuff. I had a huge appetite for that Wyatt family stuff, and it's sort of what dragged me back in. So it's really with in a wrestling sense affected me let alone in a in a life sense with mm. where he's he's a very young man. Yeah. Well he's younger than us. Like we don't consider ourselves old. Oh, I, do. You know, I do. He's five or six years younger than, you know, Welshie and I. Yeah, you know, young family, you know, the creativity. Like he had no bounds. There was no boundaries mm. with his creativity, you know. Um I think that that's gonna be the legacy that he leaves and you know, you just think the Bray Wyatt family, like you said, Brody, you mm. know, Luke Harper passing away. You know, this is. They're yeah, both very young men with young families. It's. Yeah. You know, it, those... I think it really, it really puts it all in. 
perspective. Like, you know, if you want to be on the cesspool of wrestling Twitter and stuff like that. It's not important, is it? Everyone comes together like they did for when Brody passed away. And, it, you know, actually the walls are broken down and the you actually see the workers don't give a shit about the, the letters. Mm. You know, they're all a big family and wrestling fans should take heed of that. And, yeah, it seems like uh, he's... It seems like he was very well liked. Like, um, it seems like, um, like some guys did obviously didn't like working against some of his characters because there's you're limited in what you can do. But, but it he's seems an amazing like Wyndham, character wrestler. Yeah, he's an amazing character. Yeah, character. I think the fiend. The I think fiend. the fiend was difficult to wrestle against, yeah. um, and come out with any heat. But, um, I feel like put that to the side. It seems like he was very popular and giving backstage from what. We're hearing, yeah, like everyone had a w- a Wyndham story, you know, whether it's him riding in cars and making everyone laugh, and yeah, there's some really the laughs what everyone characters. seems to talk about. Yeah, you know, so yeah, it's just um, sad. It's it's really sad, and obviously, um, third generation wrestler as well, so um, ingrained in the business, grew up in the business, and um. I feel like with Bray Wyatt, everyone, whether you, some some of his characters didn't work for you personally, I feel like you still were rooting for him because he was trying so many different things. You wanted them to be successful. So every time he came back, the crowd was so invested. Like when he came back that last time, pretty much as himself. Mm, yeah. Like that was one of the most amazing bits of TV. Like, when oh, he with came the lights out as, and the different characters yeah. in the stadium or arena. When he came yeah. out as the fiend for the first time with that lantern of his own head, um, the fireflies, there's so many moments um, that Bray Wyatt sort of gave us all. Um, and we're always going to have that. Yeah, like the match with John Cena. That mania, the Firefly Funhouse. The Firefly Funhouse match. If you were writing that down on paper, how many people would have said, this is going to work? And fuck, I know it was polarizing at the time, but I I really enjoyed it for for what it was. You know, and it was the pandemic gear and stuff like that. The Rock asked to work with him. You've got to be special. You've got to be special Um, if the Rock Yeah, the Rock Rock asked to work with him. So Brian Gwertz... Uh, said today, yeah, The Rock asked to work with him and The Rock wanted to put him over. Yeah, there you go. Like, he yeah. didn't want it. Like, and uh, Brian Gwertz comes back. Whenever The Rock comes back, Brian Gwertz goes to write his stuff and yeah. they let Wyatt write his own stuff. Like, that's the trust that The Rock had yeah, in him, yeah. which is, he wouldn't have in many people. No, that's fantastic uh, to hear that story there. RIP, Terry and Bray. And, uh, yeah. We uh, have our condolences for their friends and family who uh, you know, probably aren't listening to the show, but we'll put them out there for them because, uh, yeah, tough times for uh, all involved. Hey, I want to go into AEW All In. Uh, is what a way to make history. A fantastic show. I haven't seen it yet, but from all reports that I've seen through social media, an amazing show. It had the, uh, the CM Punk fight at the start <laughs> and, and the like and... And he's now been suspended, apparently, due it's to that. The now, it's the now annual CM Punk fight backstage. Yeah. But, uh, before we get into the punk stuff, I think, which obviously the social media side of it has probably taken the gloss off what is a historic 
show, like eighty one thousand over eighty one thousand. Yeah, this company's four years old or whatever it is. Mm. It's insane. Like even the biggest AEW fan, hardcore fan, wouldn't have thought that they would get eighty one thousand when they no, correct. when they said correct. they were they signed up Wembley. I didn't. I was like, I would be happy if it was forty. Then the other side would say, oh, oh they can't fill the stadium. But sixty. Look, you know. the thing is, WWE could not can't can't draw that at Wembley because they have their sets are too big. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. right. So yeah, whether they scale it down or whatever, but I don't know. It just had that big. Yeah, I don't want to say WrestleMania feel because it seems weird, but that's what it was like. It was a spectacular. You know, everyone had the. You know, not everyone, but majority of the guys had big entrances. You know, Chris Jericho sang himself to the ring with his band. You know, I, I know live bands don't always work at a wrestling show, but 81,000 people singing Chris Jericho's song was insane. You know, well, they were just man, trying to drown Jericho out, I think. He was just trying to be a heel, you know. <laughs> but, yeah, they loved that song. I thought it was a really good show. It was worth getting up at 10 to 2 and then still going to work. At eight o'clock, then you know, I was a little bit, I was a couple of hours late to be fair. It was totally worth being tired all day for. Wow. So, um, I haven't seen it yet. Um, it's free on KO, so you can't, it is very free on KO. Um, it's great. For I've given my Australian password to people to watch it, so um, I'm well yeah. aware. What to you? You even asked for it, but I have, no, I've got it. <laughs> He'd have it, buddy. He'd be trying to claim it as a tax write off, too. Oh, 100%. He asked um, for my receipt. <laughs> but um so I am gonna I am gonna catch up with it at some stage this week, but obviously the most important thing is that it, it was successful. It was it sold out. Um and hopefully next year they can afford to send cars to pick up the wrestlers from the airport. <laughs> well, hopefully next year as well. And I don't know how this has ended for them, but of course we had that uh air traffic controller situation over in England. And there was yeah, concern a lot of that they may, stuck. yeah, they may not get back for Dynamite on Wednesday. I don't know whether they've got back yet or nah, not. A lot of, yeah, they've gotten back now. I think they, they were okay. delayed. There, there was some. Yeah. Liam Punk's still on the train trying to find his way back to the airport. <laughs> that, yeah, apparently well, he had fans. Well, he, apparently just, he had fans giving him directions best, to help the, him the find. The best part about it is like that goes, you know, if I, we're going to the Punk thing now, I guess that that stuff with Punk on the train. And have to get his own way there. Like that ran for half a day or whatever it was on Twitter. Then it would come a real lot. Everyone had to get themselves there, yeah. which in the, the big next, scheme of the company. Apparently it was about half. It was about half of them, yeah. You know, it sounds apparently Punk walked into, into um, and just barreled Tony Khan for the travel situation. Yeah. And then a minute later, Jungle Boys walked <laughs> like, it's a sitcom. Yeah. I think, and I, I like, I understand, you know, oh, you know, p- people on Twitter are like, oh, this millionaire just doesn't know how to catch an Uber. Could you, you imagine trying? No, you shouldn't have to. But how many Ubers would be available trying to apparently, get to that stadium? Apparently you know, there's a shortage of Ubers that weekend. Of course. Well, it's 81,000 trying to get to Wembley. You know? oh, in, no, the whole, in the whole of London. The whole of London, there, wasn't, there were no Ubers. The, uh, the, the train, though, Wembley does go right to the very front gate. It's... I don't think he had. To, I don't think he got a train to Wembley though. It was a train to his hotel. Oh, okay. From yeah. the airport. Yeah. So yeah. All right. So that's an oversight or whatever. You know, logistics of trying. To be the fair, first time gone internationally. To be fair, Tony Khan probably could have got a bus to take everyone to the show, 
but they all hate each other's guts, so they can't get on well, the you're bus gonna have together. The pump bus You'd need two buses. The elite. Uh, it is. It is. You put the Benny Hill music in the back backstage, you know. But I just, at, at the minute, like this guy cannot get out of his own way. I'm not picking. I love. I love CM Punk. I, I really do. I'm gonna try and make money man. out of it though. But, Why is no but, one prepared to make money out of it? Because when you have guaranteed contracts, people don't care about that, and they're making more. Some you know these guys that have come from the indies, they're making more money than they ever expected, ever. So to put, you know, yeah, but the I, boss, the their boss, sits them down and says, "Cool, I pay your wages. You're making me money out of this. You fucked yeah, me I, over." You fucked me over so many times, you I, you pricks. It, it, it's Make so me some stupid. money out of it. Yeah, you know, CM Punk, you know, or Phil Brooks, you know, he's hard to like because I, you know, from the outside looking in, it seems like he doesn't like himself half the time. But you've got the the elite guys, which are smart asses, passive aggressive. They like their little jabs, but you know, can defend them like, no, no, I'm, you know, we're only joking. CM Punk doesn't know when to shut his mouth either. You know, I want to. I just dorks. It's stupid. It is absolutely ludicrous. Just fucking make money. You know, you know. Because I tell you what, right? Right now, they're a hot property. They've just done Wembley. They've sold out Wembley like amazing effort. They're going back there in a year. Um, the fact is, there's still a lot of people that don't watch it, but they can get. Now you get these blokes that hate each other's guts to do business with each other guaranteeing everyone watches. If CM, you know, all right, they're suspended. I will be watching at 2am. Yeah, they're suspended at the minute but if Jungle Boy walks out tomorrow on Dynamite and says I want want him in a rental car. I want him coming out in a rental car. With plexiglass. in the glass. Nah, it's plexiglass now. That's it. Crying. And then, he, comes out to, he comes out to Justin Timberlake, Crimea River. And then Punk comes out. Through the crowd. Just, and have the match in four days' time. They've got a pay-per-view on this weekend, all out. If he just comes out, it's their biggest pay-per-view they've, they've ever done. And they've done big oh, ones. Don't even, ha- don't even say it's a match. Just say it's going to be that. Look, it's unsanctioned. That too, because they hate each other's guts. That too, um, having no make contest it, and dragging out. Make it stiff. Make it yeah. stiff. Oh yeah, uh, it's money. But no one wants yeah. to. No one wants to do business. The elite still won't, and punk still won't sit down with each other. Like I'm not saying whose fault it is because I don't fucking know. It's probably all of their fault. It is. It's all their fault. Well, it's Tony Khan's fault for sitting uh, there and not pulling. So who's the HR line? manager? It's her fault. <laughs> or his fault. I work in HR. Trust me, like this stuff shouldn't be allowed to stand. <laughs> yeah. All right. That was a good Move. show. Good show. Uh, if you ever watch it, like us, do. I know. We're definitely, definitely looking forward to um, getting some time to check it out. Um, I'll do anything to watch a Will Ospreay match, even if it's against Jericho. Yeah. Uh, payback is the next big event for WWE. And fantastic today that I saw that uh, Cody is going to be on the Grayson Waller effect. Oh, and... Getting the rub from Grayson Waller, that's good. Yeah. That's so, smart. Smart yeah. by Cody. Smart by Cody. Yeah. Uh, I love that just... Grayson Waller hasn't won a match. But he's one of the hottest properties around. That's right. <laughs> Doesn't that's... need to Wins win. Wins and losses no, don't matter if you're over. 
Yeah. He doesn't need to win because he only wrestles legends. That's right. Uh, uh, the rest of Payback Boys? I, oh, I have no idea. You have the card. I've got no idea what's on it. I've got oh. no idea. I didn't even know it was coming up other than you sent me the graphic of uh, Grayson. And I thought that's awesome. I knew that was happening. I think... Yeah, I don't know. What, what are, I think no, we, I can we tell have you Chris, Chris Shadows versus Actually, while, while Becky Lynch in a cage match. Am I while right? I'm looking it up that's very quickly, Bianca Belair uh, having a bit of a spell. Yeah, she's taken yeah, a she's month or two her ass. She's worked her ass off for a year and a half, so she probably earned a bit of a break. Wrestlers should have breaks. Everyone should be having two months off, three months off every couple of years. Yeah, cycle people Get them off TV, out. cycle people through. I've been saying this till I'm blue in the face. It keeps you hot. Yeah. Uh, matches in payback. Uh, Seth Rollins and Nakamura for the World Heavyweight Champion. Uh, Women's World Championship, Rhea Ripley versus Raquel Rodriguez. Becky Lynch battles Trish Status in a steel cage match. Uh, undisputed WWE Tag Team Champion Kevin Owens and Sammy Zayn uh, up against the Judgment Day. Cody Rhodes to appear in the Grayson Waller Effect. LA Knight versus The Miz and United States Champion Rey Mysterio up against Austin Theory. Well, it's not that's a work stat- rate show. That, that's a uh, satisfaction guaranteed right there. It's definitely a storyline show. Oh, definitely. definitely. But Heaps there are some good doing. stories going in, so um, we'll see what happens. It definitely will be the antithesis of... Um, of the AW pay per view. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, like satisfaction. Well uh give us a review of Renegades, boys. Um well, I watched I've watched two of the nights so far. Um because it is on Fight TV and if you've yep. got a subscription with Fight it's free. Well you so didn't watch highly... the Brisbane show yet? Not yet, no. Like Brisbane always gets forgotten about, even by Welsh. Oh no, I will watch it. Um Got to watch my mate Bobby Bishop's match. So, yeah, let's um, talk about the venue in Melbourne. The preview. Well, let's talk. Let's start with Sydney. <laughs> well, I haven't um, seen it. It was an excellent show. Um, it was an excellent show. Uh, our favourites PPK had a great match against Bussy. A lot of fun. Uh, highly recommend it. Um, the match between Vikingo and Gringo. Probably top four or five matches ever on Australian soil, so worth yeah, watching just for that. Crowd were hot too, but Melbourne, talk about Melbourne, Lyle, because you were there for the whole show. I got there yeah, after well, intermission. Yes, yeah, yeah, just starting the show. That shout out you... to shout out to Jeff uh, and Tosh for getting my um chili oil to me as well. Yeah, the venue is amazing. If Renegades want to run there once or twice a year, it's not cheap. I've no, been to no, boxing. Right. I've been to boxing events here, and it's great. It is a good fight video. Yeah, it's just really good with all the, you know, the LED screens and everything. It's built for wrestling and you know boxing, as you said. I thought it was good, like the and strippers, funnily enough. Well, hmm. you know, the crowd was really, really hot for the show. Um, you know, spoke to JXT about uh, Phil's pop, which was uh, pretty was deafening big. when he came out in the opening match in the scramble. It translated well, well to TV. On, it yeah, oh, yeah. I, I was yeah. surprised at how loud that that was on TV. To be honest, yeah. it was. I had to turn the TV down. I got in trouble. Fun time feel is over. Um, yeah, it was his the music. Lock- they popped for the music before yeah. he even appeared. <laughs> Poison are over. Yeah. Well, they've still got some legs. Um, but Lockie Hendricks, 
and Effie, the storytelling in that match, I've shown clips to my mates at work of when Lockie does the turn after kissing Effie. I know Lockie likes to work method. And then he was grinding on him. And you just knew Lockie with that sly smile to the crowd. And it's just brilliant. And, and the camera work nice, on that was brilliant too, by oh, the way. Nice and tight. Like, it was so good. And that's what I want on a wrestling show. Like that really good storytelling. They had a really fun match leading to it. Here's the thing. They, when you get the story right and you've got the crowd in the palm of your hands, like those two talented individuals had, you don't have to do a lot. Yeah. And they, they like, they wrestled well, but they didn't have to do everything. Yeah. They're not killing Because they themselves. had the crowd. Yeah. Um, yeah. I got there at intermission. Yeah. And, um, Saw Aisha versus Makito, which was um, one of the main reasons I was rushing across town was to get something signed because I was a massive mark. Hang on, hang on. When you say rushing across town, did you leave before your main course got to your table? It was a, a Chinese meal. There were a lot of main courses, but the ones that were ordered <laughs> specifically for the white guy, yes, I left before they got there. <laughs> But I blame, I blame so the that sweet the and face. sour chicken just got thrown out. There was no sweet sweet and sour chicken. No, it was um Kung Pao chicken. Um, and look, and my wine glass was empty, which is the real reason I left. Smart. Um, got across town, got there for that match, which um Aisha and Makito, two of the most improved wrestlers in the world. Like they were, they were clean and smooth. Um, they both done a lot of work, and, it, and it's showing, and it's paying off for both of them. Makito got a huge pop as well. That was probably that was probably the the biggest reactions from the crowd for all, all night. I'd say they was the crowd was they loved. They, it's like they were there for Makito. Like, see, Mikey, uh, I told you she's a draw. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and then Emin Emin versus Vikingo, amazing. Any. Anytime we can see Vikingo in this country against some of Australia's top talent is a blessing. I... And Emin always steps up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Emin and Vikingo, fantastic. And then the main event, which uh, we've already spoken heavily about with Josh, yeah. uh, was brutal and beautiful. It was great. Yeah. Well, Vikingo, yeah, touching on that, he's not, he's not coming in to wrestle down. You have to... You yeah, he, he's like him. Will Ospreay when he first started coming here. He's lifting people up to his level. Yeah. Um, so, highly recommend checking it out on fight, and I'll check a couple of the other. Right. And that was the biggest uh, Melbourne wrestling crowd post COVID. Beautiful. Well how many? Renegades. Do we know him? Uh, no, it was. It was ninety-three thousand. It was north of. It was north of seven hundred, I think. Fantastic. Good to hear. But I didn't have the official amount when I asked because Mikey has COVID, so it's hard to talk to him. It wouldn't be a renegade tour. Did you give it to him? No, and he didn't give it to me this time either. So lucky, dodging bullets. I feel a bit upset because usually we give it to each other. (laughs) All right, time to go. Uh, If you're looking for a local show, check your local listings. Check those promotions because we don't have Monus because the boys have been slack again. If I had known, I would have looked it up myself. But anyway, oh, you wouldn't have. You wouldn't even know but, what some of the promotions are called. I know PCW got a show this weekend in Melbourne. Most of them finish with a W. BDE uh, challenging for the tag titles Saturday night. Hmm. I know that. Not PWA sure. have an emo show, which is 
So a big like happy that. birthday to my good friend, Joel Bateman. Happy birthday, Joel, from all of us. Uh, that's it. Time to go. Catch you later. Love you. Love you too. Thanks for joining us right here on The Turnbuckle.